I want to talk to you today about regeneration. Everybody know what that is, regeneration? It's a fancy word, just a, it's a reference to new birth, a new birth in the believer's life. There's a, there's a story in the, in the Old Testament of King Hezekiah. How many are familiar with King Hezekiah? Any Bible scholars? Yeah. Remember, you, you remember King Hezekiah? He, uh, he, was a, it was, he was a good king. Remember, he was a good king. He did what was pleasing to the Lord. Uh, at the end of his life, there, there was, he, made, he just made a couple bad decisions. Anybody in the room make a couple bad decisions? Yeah, yeah, I just made a couple, you know what I mean? Just a couple bad decisions. And at the end of his life, he, he, uh, he, he, he made a couple bad decisions. Just nothing major, nothing like, you know, like, no like pronounced sin. He just, he just there were just judgment errors. If, if, if you would. Have you ever had a time in your life where you judged wrong? Well, this is where the king is. And, 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 and so the prophet comes to the king. Uh, the prophet Isaiah comes to the king. And if you remember, he, he says, hey, uh, you're going to die. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, thanks for coming to tell me. I'm going to die, you know, that's awesome. God, you know, and, and Hezekiah already knew it. So, like, if you're going to prophesy uh, here, if you're going to prophesy here, make sure you prophesy with the cross in mind. Please do that. But so he comes and he tells him he's going to die. And immediately when Hezekiah gets the news, he already knew. He turns his face to the wall and Isaiah's on the way out. Captain Obvious is on the way out, you know, and... And he prays and he says, he asks God for another chance. Have you ever asked God for another chance? He asked God for another chance. And, and before the prophet leaves, God sends the word of the Lord to the prophet and, and then makes the prophet go back in and say what I believe he should have said to begin with. But anyhow, and, and uh, he said, as, as, a, as a sign to you, King as a sign to you that I'm going to be good on my promise to you, I want you to ask me whether I should move time forward 10 degrees for you or whether I should move time backwards 10 degrees for you. And, and I'm embellishing here. But I can only imagine that Hezekiah knew he was aware of the continuum of time moving forward. And so he says to the, to the prophet, man, I, I know God. I know God moves time forward. I mean, it's, it's an unbreakable force in my life. As much as I want to stop it and slow it down, as much as I want to, like, capture moments, I know that God moves time, for, and it doesn't stop. It's just relenting, right? You wake up, you go to bed. You wake up, you go to bed, and time just doesn't stop. It doesn't, time, it doesn't stop for, like, pain. It doesn't stop for, you, you know, like mistakes. It, it just, just, just keeps trucking forward no matter what happens in life. And, and, and I could just, I could feel the, the king in this when he says, no, no, I, I know time can go forward, but, but if you could, if you could, God, if you could, could you just make time go backwards for me? 
If you could, God, if you could, how many would love to go back and make right some things that you made wrong? How many in the room today would say, man, I would love, God, for you to just take me back and let me do it again, God. Give me a fresh start. God, if you could, God, I I don't want to keep going forward, but I would love to go backwards in time and to do better with my kids. I'd love to go back in time and to get that mistake I made and and to to, to undo it and to do it the right way. I live with the, I live with the, the like, I live with regret, God, for what I, the, the mistakes I made. I live with it, God. It's a haunting thing to me. So if you could, God, take me back. How many resonate with that? I'd love to go back. Man, I would love to, for God to just take me back and give me a do-over. Give me a, give me a start again. Give me a brand new beginning. There is this poem that I like to read to myself every once in a while. Uh, I, I heard Ravi Zacharias, uh, he used to read it a lot, and every time I heard it, I thought, man, it just, it just impacted me, and it, it hit me right in the hitting spot, you know? And, and it's called a new sheet. It's called a new sheet. And it says, he came to my desk with a quivering lip. The lesson was done. Have you a new sheet for me, dear teacher? I've spoiled this one. I took his sheet, all soiled and blotted, and I gave him a new one, all unspotted. And into his tired heart, I cried, do better now, my child. I went to the throne with a trembling heart. The day was done. Have you a new day for me, Jesus? I've spoiled this one. He took my day, all soiled and blotted, and he gave me a new one, all unspotted. And into my tired heart, he cried, do better now, my child. God is offering, God offers. Every one of us, every day, Every second, the moment, the, right after the moment of a mistake, God offers a brand new beginning, a brand new sheet, not just a new day, but God offers a new life. In John 3, verse 3, Nicodemus, a religious leader, is wrestling with Jesus over this idea, this this crazy idea that we must be born again. And Nicodemus is a spiritual leader, which is a caution to all of us. Like, it's a caution to all of us that it doesn't matter how much you know. It doesn't matter how long you've been around. Everyone, all of us need to be regenerated. All of us, at one point or another, are going to need a good do-over, a new beginning. And Nicodemus is just, he's got theological, like, strongholds. Like, he just believes it's this way. And Jesus tells him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless you're born 
again, Nicodemus. Unless you're born new, unless you allow the Spirit to birth you brand new, you won't be able to see the kingdom of God. It's such a rebuke. It's such a startling contrast to society today for us to look, the, look them in the eyes and say, hey, you don't know life unless you're born again of the Spirit. So I want to encourage you today as we talk about regeneration, that regeneration is an impartation. It's a divine impartation of divine life, which is manifested in the radical change in the moral character of man. It's nothing, it's nothing short of divine. It's nothing, there's nothing natural about it. It is heaven invading man. And it's, it's the love and life of sin that is, that is radically changed to the love of God and the life of righteousness. This is what happens when you are regenerated and you receive new life in Christ. Another expositor says regeneration is inner, clean, inner cleansing and renewal of the human nature by the Holy Spirit. That's important. The Holy Spirit has an, has an active work in the believer's life. Don't allow the criticisms of Holy Spirit to keep you from the empowerment of God in your life because the Holy Spirit is the power. Mankind's spiritual condition is transformed from a disposition of sin, of a new relationship with God. Regeneration involves both moral restoration and the reception of new life. The idea of regeneration is expressed as rebirth or being born again. A lot of us become dogmatic. We believe that because we came to an altar one Sunday and we got born again, that, well, I'm done. I'm finished. I did that. I already did that. I don't believe that to be true. I believe if we're honest with ourselves, we would, we would, uh, we would agree that, that I'm going to have to be born again tomorrow, probably. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to need the, the regeneration of God's spirit uh, again next week, again next month. So this new birth suggests the newness of life that is found in Christ. The process of regeneration is not brought about by human righteousness, but the gracious act of God. So don't get it mixed up. Rebirth and, and being born again has nothing to do with your behavior. It has nothing to do with what you do. Being reborn and being born again has to do with who you be, your being. That's what being born again has to do with. So there's three things I want to share with you today. The first one is, when God regenerates, when God regenerates, he doesn't use an eraser. Secondly, when God regenerates, he begets you. You are begotten of the Father. That's very important. And then lastly, when God regenerates, look at this, when God regenerates, he gives his power. 
John 3, verse 3, Jesus answers that most surely I say to you, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. This new birth, here's the one thing I want you to understand with this new birth. It doesn't, it takes away the smudge. It takes away the smudge. Many of us live with the smudge, you know. We're like, we believe that, that God, uh, we live with this understanding that, that God has taken the life and the narrative of our life and, and we, we then try to, to, like, we think that God took our old life and then he kind of edits it, you know, like he, he crosses things out, he adds little parentheses down here, and it, we think that he takes an old life and he, and he, and he kind of like makes some edits on it. I want you to know that's not true. I want you to know that, that, that and we live that way. We live with a consciousness of the, of the smudge. You know, we, like we try to, well, if I go back, God, could you just erase that part of my life? Oh, God, thank you for erasing that part of my life. And there's a smudge. And all of us have this smudge on our life. And, and, and God, but I want you to know that, that when God, when you're born again in God, he doesn't just erase the stuff. It's not like he, it's not like he goes into your past and he, and he makes edits. No, 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 he doesn't do that. If, if, you're, a, if, if you're addicted and there's a smudge of addiction on your life, you know what God does? He doesn't go back and, you know that, that stuff we used to use back when we used to go to typing class with Mrs. Cook and fingers on the home row, and they'd give you that white stuff that you would just, the white, it was a whiteout, is that what it was? And then you'd use the whiteout to, to fix an error in your life. God doesn't use whiteout. You know what God does? Here's, here's an amazing, here's what you need to understand. You don't live in the consciousness of the errors of your life anymore. Because God didn't, he's not fixing the old you. He just makes a new you. And then tomorrow you, you'll go back and you'll remind him of the smudges in your life and you'll say, but God. And God said, listen, I made you brand new. So, so God's, not, God's not making edits with your life. God's, when you receive Christ, you're born brand new. All of the mistakes, and, and this is where we mess up. This is where we get it mixed up. Like we, This is where we get confused because we live with this consciousness of our sin and we take it to God as if he's like, we're like, God, I, I can't break free of who I used to be. And God looks back at us and says, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. Br- he looks, he says, do you not see that I made you brand new. I give you a new beginning. And here's the thing, like we don't, and a lot of us, a lot of us come, won't do this. A lot of us won't surrender because we're proud. Here, we're kind of proud of this. There's some, there's some of this stuff that we're like, I did pretty good, God. All things considered, man, like, look, God, I did pretty good. Give me some credit. And God's like, you don't want what you deserve. You don't want me to give you what you earned. You don't want your good works to be added to my new life. 
Stop trying to bring your goodness into my new. Because my new is always better than your good. I know your efforts are, are they're pretty, you did all right, Troy. You did pretty good considering. But Paul said this, I consider all things trash for the life that is found in Christ. So God makes you brand new. It doesn't matter, doesn't matter how old, doesn't matter how big the mistake doesn't matter if other people agree or don't. You hear me? It doesn't even matter if you get likes, thumbs up. Nope. God doesn't care. He makes all things brand new in the believer's life. So the danger for us there is that is this pride. Spiritual pride ruins more moves of God in the earth than we could possibly fathom. The, the spiritual arrogance to believe that we have arrived, like I'm, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. No, we're not good. I'm not okay. I'm never going to be okay until I wake up on that day and I look just like him. So it's, a, it's an every day, God, make me new. God, every day, forgive me. God, every day, I want to walk in the newness of life that's found in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? He, God's not trying to clean up the old you. He's birthing a new you. He's birthed you brand new. Condemnation doesn't belong to you anymore. The sin of the old you... That's not yours either. You still, you still keep laying claim to a life that is not yours. It's not your sin. That's, that's the privilege to say, it's not my sin. I didn't do it. You know who did it? Jesus did it. Because I put it, I gave it all to him. And now all of the wrath of my sin belongs to him. I'm justified. I am righteous. I am brand new. No matter what. There's not one thing he won't for, forgive. He will forgive. He'll birth you brand new. Doesn't matter how, how reprehensible the sin, he makes us brand new. Now here's where I, here's where I want to land for a second. Is I, want you to, I want you to understand that form is, is essential to function. When God birthed you, when you were born of his spirit, you received his DNA. You were made, now when you were born, when you were born in the world, you, had, you were born with the DNA of sin. When you were born again in Christ, you, he, he beget you, he begot you. To, be, to beget something is to, is to birth it. That's what it actually means, to birth it. And God, when God, when you gave your life and you were born again, now you were born of his spirit. And so his spirit now is in you. And you 
you take on the form of his creation. He created you, and now you take on the form of his creation. Do you, are there any fathers in here who know how to make a paper airplane? Really? You know how? Give me three dads. I need three dad airplanes. Come on, here you go. Come on, there you go. Okay, all right. My man, my man stood up and said, you know what? I'm a paper airplane. I'm a paper airplane making father. So in Ephesians 4.13, it says, until we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So you're, you're brand new. When you are reborn, when you are born again, you, you are brand new. But not only are you brand new, but now God is forming in you. He's making you into something greater. It's not enough that you're brand new. Now God begins to form you into something that is greater than you currently are. Ephesians 2.24 says, You should put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. John 3, verse 3 says, Unless you're born again, you can't even see the reality for which you were born. You won't even begin, you can't even begin to understand how you were born. How many know if you fold it right, if you fold it right, if you form it correctly, what will it do? It's gonna fly. But if it's not folded, I, you know, I can appreciate the fact that all three of these gentlemen found a hard surface. I preached this message in a couple other places and the dudes took the piece of paper and they sat down and folded it on their lap. And anyone who is a, who is a, you know, who is a good father that makes a quality airplane understands that you need something hard to fold that thing on because it's not going to fly if it's not folded correctly. Now, now, what I want you to do, guys, Brett, listen, bro, that's not going to fly. So what you're saying is your engineering is superior to these other two gentlemen. Oh, I see, I see, I see. So let's give them a shot. Let's give them a shot. Let's see. Let's see who could fly. Come on, come on up here. You guys, we're going to see who, who's playing. We're going to see whose plane makes it the furthest. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Just, uh, we're we're going to let, let Brett go last, okay? No, no, last. You go last. You go last. It's too good. It's too good. We got to save it. So let's see. Maybe throw it down the center aisle there. Everybody watch your eyes. You know what I mean? Okay, that's a pretty good paper airplane. You know, that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, that's not bad. That's not, that's not bad. 
Yeah, we should pray for it. Everybody, everybody pray. Come on, everybody, give it up for the guys today. Thank you very much. If you fold it right, it'll fly. And, and I want you to know that you're being formed. You see, maybe you don't look like, maybe like Brett's plane, you don't look like a whole lot today. I maybe, maybe it's pretty obvious that, you know, you need a few more folds from God. But if you fold it right, if it's formed correctly, it's fashioned to fly. But if it's formed incorrectly, the engineering's incorrect, it tells me that you can make a plane according to, you can make your life according to your image, but it just won't fly. And there's nothing more frustrating in life than to to know you were made to fly and to never to be able to fly. And I want you to know today that God created you in his image and likeness and you were made to fly. He said this of, the, of, the, of his followers. He said, greater works than me. You're gonna fly, Jesus says this about you, you're gonna fly even better than Jesus. That's a flattering thing for Jesus to say to you. But you're your flight is not determined by your power. Your flight is determined by your fold. You see, whether or not you come to the fullness of the image of God in your life, God cares about what he's forming in you. And he cares so much because he knows that he made you for flight. He knows that he made you for something more than what you're experiencing right now. And so, but, but this world can't produce in you what God put in you. It doesn't matter how many books you read. It doesn't matter how much you go to school. It doesn't matter how many letters are after your name. It doesn't, it, none of that matters because only God can form you into what he created you to do. And God formed you. He is forming you. I know, I know you say, man, I may not look like much to you, but I want you to know God's making something of me. And you need to remind yourself of that every day when you, when you have setbacks in life, when things don't go as planned. You need to remind yourself, I know today didn't go like I thought it should have, but, I, but I'm, I refuse to lose heart because I know that God is making all things work together for my good. Why? Because he's conforming me into the image of his son. You're not being formed into the image of this world. You're being formed into the image of Christ. The scriptures I want to I read for you. Romans 8 says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Galatians 4.19 says, My little children, for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is what? Formed in you. The forming of Christ is a painful process at times. We... A lot of times we pray away the hand of God that's forming us into the likeness of his son. We pray for patience and God puts us in long lines. We, we, pray, we pray for forgiveness and God gives us people that offend us. And that's frustrating and we resist the fold of God. But, you know, it would go a lot better if we say, God, go ahead, put your hand on me. 
God, go ahead. And I noticed that they all went over to the, to the hard surface because you can't create a good crease unless you have a hard surface. And the, the deeper the crease, the harder the pressure. The deeper, the deeper the formation of Christ in your life, the harder the pressure you're going to experience. But you must know that in moments of pressure, God is not, they are not wasted. Pressure is never to be wasted. Pressure is to be, is to be like, oh, thank you, God. You're forming in me the likeness of Christ. I want to punch that guy in the mouth, but you're forming. I want to cuss them out, God, but you're you're pressing me into. I want to I tell them they're number one on the highway right now, but you're pressing me into the image and likeness of your son. Here's, here's two things. These two secrets, I'm telling you, if, if you as a believer would take these two secrets, the first one is surrender. You see, you have to surrender under the mighty hand of God into what he is Forming. I'm not saying to tolerate, you know, the besiegement of hell on your life. I'm saying fight against hell, but understand that when you're fighting against hell, God is forming you into the likeness of his son. So don't, so don't just say, well, it's going to be what it's going to be. No, no, I want you to fight against hell. I want you to withstand the temptation of hell against your life. I want you to, to declare that you are the healed of the Lord. I want you to say back that, that you have patience and kindness and the fruit of the Spirit. I want you to practice the fruit of the Spirit, but I want you to resist the devil at every turn. Surrender, though. We have to learn how to surrender. If you're always in control, here's the thing, man, and here's what God's saying in the world today. How many, how many, don't, don't raise your hand. How many like to be in control? Somebody whispered up here, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, there's such a gratifying, oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I love, I love to. Oh. You know that the, the enemy, that's what he's after. I mean, if you could see the, the, the deep darkness of control, like how nefarious it becomes. You, you've, we've seen it in the last three years. Like when somebody gets control, it's rarely outside of the formation of Christ do they use that control for good. Most of the times when we get control, we're like, let's, let's manipulate this to benefit me. But here's the thing. I've never been into, in the presence of the Lord and been in control. Never. I've never walked in. I've tried. I've tried. And how many of you have you walked into a, to, to a worship service and you say, I'm not raising my hands today. I'm not raising my hands today. I'm not raising my hands. I'm not raising my hands. Because the Spirit of the Lord gives freedom. The Spirit of God is a liberator, and he'll, he'll bring you into a place of like complete surrender. Say, God, go ahead. Just go ahead. So surrender. So if you are always in control, I would question whether or not you're allowing God to form you into his image and his likeness. Perhaps if control is an issue for you, you're forming yourself into your image 
and your likeness. Perhaps you're saying that this is the image of Christ, but inside you realize you've made Jesus look a lot like you. So, you're, so the, the, the degree to which we surrender is really the, the distance will fly. Surrender indicates to God your willingness to allow him to form you and make you into what he knows he put inside of you. Resistance to the formation of God is rebellion. This is why there's such rebellion in the world today. You look at what's happening happening in society with the transgender movement and all of that. All of it is a resistance and a rebellion to the creation of God inside of humanity. All of it is the middle finger to heaven. All of it, all of it is this obstinate anger and disdain and saying, I I have pride in me. I am pri- pride, pride, pride. All of it says, I will not surrender. I will not surrender. I will, I will hold on to what I'm making in my life, and you can't tell me what to do. All of it is rebellion. So surrender. If, you, like, if we can learn as the people of God to surrender... The, as quick as possible. My wife is so good at this. She, she rolls over so fast that it brings such conviction in my life. We're fighting, and we never really fight. We just kind of like, you know, we got to the point where we can like not say anything and still argue. You know, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? It is such a refined place of argument. Let me tell you something. I am good with it. She is good with it too. I know when the cupboards get slammed a little bit louder than, you know, that when the dishes are clanked a little bit louder, I know when, when there's angry clothes washing, I know <laughs> that I am in trouble. And that's kind of how we argue, you know, that's kind of how we disagree, you know, I'll go out in the garage and I'll let the door, you know, I'll give it a little push behind me and let it... I'm pretty aggressive with it, though, honestly. Like, she's so much better at the game than me. But she surrenders fast. Let me ask you, how fast do you surrender to God's hand on your life? How, how, how willing are you to surrender to God folding your life? You know, maybe you're just one or two folds away from flight. Maybe you're just one, two, maybe, maybe just a few more folds. <laughs> and maybe, Brett, maybe... With a few more accurate folds, with the wisdom of it, we're going to need the angels of God to come, lay hands on that thing. But maybe if we folded it in a few, but, but sometimes we're going to have to, sometimes we're going to, if somebody could find me, where's this plane? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, listen, like, here's the deal, man. Here's the deal. Like, like a few more folds ain't going to do it with this. We're going to need, we're going to need a new sheet of paper. And that's what we got to understand. Like a few more folds. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe the, or maybe you need a brand new start. So where are you? Do you, like, have you surrendered or do you need a brand new start? There's no shame in either. So, so your willingness to surrender is, is one critical aspect as to whether or not you're going to become the image of Christ. And the second thing is Repentance. These two things, 
these two things will form you into the image of God faster. If we could do this, if we could just learn to surrender and learn to what? Repent. Jesus' first words as he launched his ministry were, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is here. What was he saying? He was saying, you think you know, but you don't. That, that's for me. That's, that, that's my version. That's what repentance means. Troy, you think you know, but you don't. You need to repent and think like me. Gain my understanding of the situation. And so let me ask you, when was the last time, don't look around, when was the last time you repented? You know, here's how I know that, that people are anointed. Bar, bar one, you can take this to the bank, cash it three times on Sunday. Here's how I know if people are, if they know Jesus. They say these words, and they're not afraid to say them. I'm sorry. Everybody practice with me. I'm sorry. That's hard for a lot of us. I'm sorry. You know why nobody says that? Because it tells you that they refuse to repent. It tells you that they're unwilling to change the way they think about situations. And what I know about people who, who surrender to the fold of God is that they are quick to repent and quick to, to change their mind about the way they were looking at it and to see it the way God sees it. Let me ask you, when was the last time you were, you were corrected in how you were looking at something? It has a direct correlation uh, to whether or not you are becoming more like Christ in your development or less like Christ. Lastly, God, when God regenerates, he gives you power. But here's the deal. He gives you, he gives you the Holy Spirit. When he regenerates, he makes available to you and I the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8 says the Spirit's gonna come upon you and you're gonna receive power. You're gonna receive power. Mark 2, verse 22 says this, no one puts new wine into old wineskin. But when they put new wine, so when God makes you new, he, put, he intends, he has to birth you again because he has to put his spirit in you. And when he puts his spirit, his spirit in you, it's gonna, it's gonna give you power. And the old you will misuse that power. Because form, form is more important you should write this down. Form is more important than power. Christ formed in the believer is way more essential than the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I know that hard to hear. But if you're not formed correctly, it doesn't matter how much power we, it doesn't matter how much gas we put in the car. If it's, not, if it's not engineered right, it won't go. And if it does go, it's gonna be a danger to everyone. And there's nothing more dangerous in the world than a half-formed believer in Jesus who wants to walk around with prophecy. 
Nobody wants to talk about that. There's nothing more dangerous in the world than a half-formed believer in Christ who, who gets a little bit of wisdom about the gifts of the Spirit and say, give me the power, give me the power. I want the power. Why? Because I want to manipulate and I want to strive and I, want, I, want to, I got my own agenda. I want to use the power because we will use the power incorrectly if we're not formed right. So God's way more concerned about forming the image of his son in you than he is about getting you to speak in tongues. He's way more concerned about, about developing the character of Christ inside of you so when it is formed inside of you, suddenly then. He said you have, the scripture says, you have a form of godliness, but you deny its power. So understand, form is essential to power. But proper form with proper form, improper form is danger to power. So new wine, new wine, the new life that God has for you requires. Your children need you to develop. This generation today needs you to be formed into the image of Christ a servant to the world that will lay down his desires and, and serve and sacrifice and offer his life a ransom for many. You see, this is contrary to the, to the character of the world. The, the character of the world wants power. They want all the power. Give me all the power. And if we're not careful, we'll, we'll ask for power before we're formed right. There's no greater example. The Holy Spirit on a believer's life that's not formed right, it won't go anywhere. It's flightless. It's fruitless. And man, is it frustrating. Do you know how frustrating it is to know that you are destined for more? not be able to fly in it. Yeah, you know that. It's the ache of every man, woman, boy, and girl's heart to know, man, you are made for so much more. But the only way you're going to walk in the so much more, in the greater than, is if you surrender to the forming of Christ in your life. Just with me right now. Just lift your hands as we close. You say, God, Come on, right there, all by yourself. Just God, just God, please form in me the image of Christ. Make me look, sound, think, act. Put your hand on us, God. Jeremiah 18 says, I went down to the potter's house. I went down to the potter's house and I saw what he was making. And, he, and, it was, and it was marred. So you know what the potter did? The father does. He takes it off. He puts a new lump of clay on. And he starts over. God, give us a do-over. We surrender, God. We surrender to the forming of Christ in our lives. Form me, God. Put your hand on my life and don't take it off until I look like you. 
until, God, I walk into a room that's full of conflict and chaos and anger and hatred and vitriol until I'm able to walk into that room and bring the peace of heaven. Form me. Form me, God, into a servant. Form me, God, into the image of your beloved son. That's what you made me. You've made me your son. You've made me your daughter. And the last thing I want to do is not look like what you've, you've made. I want to look like you, God. To a world that's depraved and falling away, I desire to look like you. I surrender to the mighty hand of God in my life right now. And I say, God, put a deep impression of your spirit in my flesh I surrender my desires my agenda and I say God make me look like you I pray today for many of us God could you just give me a brand new start Make me brand new. Brand new, God. A new creation today. I declare a new creation today in your life. Brand new. Born brand new. You get to start over. And by the Spirit of God now, God's making you in to something so great. He's, he's redeemed yesterday. Thank you, Jesus here today watching online you've never surrendered your life to Christ pray this prayer with me Jesus I ask you to forgive me my sin come into my heart and make me brand new I give you my old life I give you my my life of sin and I take your brand new life and I take a brand new beginning regenerate me Take my life now. Change this world with it. In Jesus' name. I pray right now. For hearts to surrender to the hand of God in marriages. Hearts to surrender to the hand of God. carnal desires hearts to surrender to the will of their father in Jesus name amen amen that's right love everybody pray hard thank you for hanging out with us today